41. What a great chapter this is. And notice verse 1, if you will. And he said, after these things, notice that because I'll come back to that in the introduction in just a moment. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on, the, on this wise showed he himself. Now notice twice it said, he showed up. He showed up there at the shore. He showed up. He showed himself. Now notice what the Bible said. There were together uh, Simon, Peter, Thomas, called Dithymus, and Nathaniel of Cana, and in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, uh, and that night they caught nothing. Notice they didn't even get a, I don't believe it got a nibble. If you go fishing on Sunday, I hope you don't get a nibble. Say amen right there. And they fished all night, and they caught nothing. But look what the Bible said in verse 4. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? Notice what they answered. And they answered him, No. Said, we, we didn't do any good, Jesus. We don't have any meat. We don't have any breakfast. Have no fish. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and, and now they were not able to draw it up for the multitude of fishes. Now notice what Jesus said. said, I want to tell you where to catch those fish. And he said, Cast that net down. And when they did on the right side, the Bible said, so heavy, they had a multitude of fishes. In just a moment, I'm going to speak to you from verse 1. Look at it again before you're seated. And it said, after these things, Jesus showed himself. Twice in that verse, Jesus appeared just when they needed him. Thank God I'm glad the Lord always shows up when you need him. You may be here tonight and you say, Brother May, it's been a long time since the Lord showed up in my life. I want him to show up in your life tonight. And I believe if you'll pray, God will bless your heart. Everyone seated all over the house, I'm going to pray and then bring you the message. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for every blessing you bless us with. What a blessing to hear the good singing. Dear Lord, what a blessing to be able to come and to read the precious Word of God. I'm glad that the Lord always shows up. And I pray as we bring the message that we may recognize the divine presence of the Holy One. What a wonderful thing it is to be in the presence of our Lord. And oh, we thank you that we know that you said word two or three are gathered together in my name. There we I be in the midst. Now, Father, we're believing and we're trusting that this will be the hour when we'll see the Lord in our midst. I'm glad He always shows up. Now, Father, I pray that in this camp meeting that every heart shall be stirred. If there be one that doesn't know the Lord Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, may this be the night. If there be one in our midst, precious God that's old and indifferent and filled with apathy, I pray that they shall be drawn close. Now, Lord, have your way in the preaching of the Word of God, and we'll praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I want to speak to you on the subject. When the Lord shows up, I'm glad he never fails. Just when I need him, he's always there. I don't know of anything better than to know that when you need him, my friend, he shows up. There are a lot of friends, so they'll not be there when you need them. A lot of people have failed in the time 
that you need the most. But I'm glad standing somewhere in the shadows you'll see Jesus. Thank God he'll be there. He always shows up. My Bible said after these things. Now what was the Bible talking about? By way of introduction, let me show you. It says after these things. You see, they were afraid of the Jews. And for fear of the Jews, they'd gone to the upper room. And there in the upper room, the Lord showed up. Let me say this to you, my friends. It's good to be in the upper room with Jesus. Thank God. It's good to be up there on resurrected ground. It's good to be there in His presence. You remember that He didn't have to open the door. That He didn't have to climb in a window. He appeared in their midst. And the Bible says, He said, Peace be unto you. And the Scripture said they were glad when they saw Jesus. I'm glad when you see the resurrected Son of God. Praise God. I'm glad. It makes you happy. I'm not serving a dead Christ and a dead God. He lives. And because He lives, I can face tomorrow. And because He lives, I can shout hallelujah. You say, Brother Means, what did he do? He did two things. The first thing He did, He breathed upon them. And brother, without the breath of heaven, I want to tell you, there's nothing that can be done. Without Him, we could do nothing. And the second thing He did, He said, Peace be unto you. And when they saw the nail prints, they were glad. And that's why it said, After these things, Jesus showed up on the shore. And as He showed up that morning, after the long night was over, I want you to notice three things about this text, and then I'll get into the message. The first thing I want you to notice, He showed up after their failure. You see, you can't fail if Jesus is around. Our trouble is we're trying to do it without Him. We're trying to prop up a little program. We're trying to muster up something in the flesh. I want you to know when Jesus is there, there is no failure. And after the failure, the Bible said they fished all night and caught nothing. And after they failed, Jesus appeared and Jesus showed up. The second thing, it says, in the midst of their faithfulness, He showed up. You know what He told them to do? He said, go out. And on the right side of that boat, their ship, drop your anchor, drop your net. And the Bible said when they were faithful to carry out His command, they could hardly pull it that net up. You know the reason we don't catch fish. You know the reason we're not successful for God. I'll tell you we're not on the right side. And we're not casting it in Him. In faithfulness to the Son of God. I made up my mind I want to be faithful to Him. I want to be faithful to the one that died. I'll be faithful, brother, to the one that saved me by his grace. But you say, preacher, notice the third thing. He showed up around their fellowship because the Bible says, and when they came to shore, thank God, they sat down and Jesus took bread and fish and around the fellowship of Jesus. Brother, they had a wonderful time. It's good to break bread with him. It's good to come and dine. Here's what the Lord said, come and dine. And brother, this camp meeting is a time when God's people can get away from all the cares and come and dine at the table of God. So I'm glad the Lord showed up. I have five places if you write in the margin of your Bible where the Lord will show up. If you'd like to write them down, write them down. The first place, the Lord always shows up in the field of despair. I mean, when no one knows you there even. I'm glad the Bible said in Ezekiel chapter 16. And a mother gave birth to a little daughter. And she did
didn't want that baby. Isn't that sad? I tell you, that mother threw that baby out there in the open field. And the scripture said, a little child was there polluted. The Bible said that little child was there with her navel cord uncut. The word of God said that little girl was there. And not one man pitied her. If you think this whole world is going to pity you, my friend, you've got another quarter coming. The Bible said not one eye looked at this little girl. But then in verse 6 to 8, it said the Lord appeared and passed by. I want to tell you something. There was a time when I was in the field, lost and undone, naked in my sin. But thank God Jesus showed up. And Jesus passed by. And you talk about something blessed. I didn't go to him. He came to me. Oh, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad he came where you were? In the filth of the aftermath. And there in your sin, I'm glad Jesus came to you. And Jesus showed up in time. I remember the night God saved me. I was saved in the uh, University of State College in Raleigh, North Carolina, taking final exams. I never will forget it. That night, a Friday night at a quarter to nine, he came where I was. I was lost and undone without God or his son. And thank God he came for me. And I've been a praising God ever since. It's blessed to know in the field of despair when you're hopeless and you're helpless, Jesus will show up. Aren't you glad? You say, Brother Mace, what did you do for that girl? Three or four things. Write them down. First, he washed her. Uh, you say, Preacher, what is that? That's a type of the washing of the Word of God. I'm glad he washed me. And praise God, I'm clean. And when he washes and cleanses, oh, you listen to me. Oh, you need the blood to cleanse away. And what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And the Scripture said he washed her. The second thing the Bible said, he said only wash her, he anointed her. That's the fresh oil of heaven. And I like to be around when the anointing comes. You said, preacher, I feel a few drops right now. Hallelujah. And somebody said, preacher, I'm glad he anointed her. And the third thing he put fine linen upon her, those old rags and those old breath clothes that were polluted. He took her rags and gave her a robe. I'm glad he took my rags and gave me a robe. Thank God for the saving grace of the Lord Jesus. Not only did he wash her, not only did he anoint her, not only did he place that linen upon her, but the Bible said he decked her with jewels. Thank God, I'm so glad. The beauty of the Lord, he, he gives you something worth living for. Maybe you hear and you say, not me. Oh, if you're saved, you've got all this in heaven too, beloved. Thank God, you've got something worth living for. And you say, preacher, when does the Lord show up? He shows up in the field of despair. Now, secondly, he shows up in the fourth watch of the night. In the fourth watch of the night. You say, what, what is that? That's the darkest hour just before dawn. You say, I've never had that fourth watch. Well, wait, you're going to have it in your life. You're going to turn around. And you're going to wonder when the sun is going to shine again. Now, don't you know it will? Praise God. The long nights have had over. And it's wonderful. The sun will shine again. Hallelujah. And if you are saved, oh, 
stand still long enough. You know what Job said? Job said, when will the morning come? I'll tell you, I've been in bed. I've wondered when the morning is going to come. But praise the Lord, the long night ended. And hallelujah, I'm glad the Lord showed Thank God in the land forever, I'm glad he showed us. In the fourth watch of the night, the Bible said Matthew chapter 14, and the disciples got in the boat and went out across that sea, and Jesus went on top of the mountain to pray. And there, that dark hour, they looked up and they said, don't look now, but there's a spirit coming over the water. Oh, let me tell you something. They said he's a ghost. Let me tell you, he wasn't a spirit. He wasn't a ghost. He was Jesus, the Son of the living God, walking on the water. And Jesus said, it's me. Be not afraid. And Simon Peter was so brave. He said, bid me to come. Now, I want to tell you something. You've heard Ben over here and Carlton here. And you've heard these preachers over here, Frank and all the rest of them say, that Jesus had Simon Peter to walk on the water. He walked on the water, but that's not what he really walked on. You know what Simon Peter walked on? He walked on the Word of God. When Jesus said, walk, honey, he's walking on the Word. And if you walk on the Word, you'll never sink. I want to tell you something. If you walk and believe the Bible, you'll never sink. I'm glad he walked out. But he got his eyes on the boisterous wind and the waves. And he started to go down. But you know what he said? I'm glad he wouldn't like some of you preachers. Omnipotent, eternal, omnipresent God. Why, he'd have been on the bottom saying, if he'd have prayed such a long prayer. You know what Simon Peter said? He said, Lord, save me. Go with forgotten three words. And Jesus reached out his hand and called him and saved him. And he went into the boat. The next verse says, I want you to know, mister, you may be in the fourth watch of the night. You may be in the darkest night of your life, but somebody will come walking. He'll show up, praise God. He'll be there when you need him. You don't have to worry about that. He'll show up in that fourth watch. It'll be dark. You'll take your pillow and scald it with a Niagara of scalding tears. But just look around. Just standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll see Jesus. And thank God you'll know him. What a blessing it is. You don't have to worry about it. Father, he'll be there in the fourth watch of the night. Hallelujah. Thank God in the land forever. You say, preach. I'm glad he'll keep there. Stand in there. Go with him. You say, brother, man. Isn't it wonderful? I'm glad. Thank God he's there. You may be in the darkest night you've ever been in. I mean, the sun seems like it'll never come up again. But you wait a minute. The darkest hour is just before the dawn. And brother, that fourth watch of the night was the darkest hour. Let me show you about the longest night in the Bible. Have you ever thought about that? It's in Acts chapter 27. And the Bible said for 14 days and 14 nights, the moon and the stars and the sun refused to shine. You talk about a dark night. But the Bible said Paul slipped away and talked to the Lord. And then he walked out and said, Be of good cheer. How can you be of good cheer when the nights lasted 14 days and 14 nights? They said, Are you crazy? He said, No. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. And I'm glad in that long night of weeping, in that long night of listening, in that long night of 
Bible looking that the Lord always shows up. And if you're going through the fourth watch of the night, I'm glad the Lord will show up. What a blessing. Number three, write this down. The Lord will show up in a fiery furnace. Let me say something. You say, preacher, I've never been in a fiery furnace. Years ago, I was over here at Morganton to visit a friend of mine. They'd been there two years. And I was telling Brother Carlson about him. He was one of the finest young men Henderson Dale ever put out. But he had a mother that didn't believe God. And she said he was crazy. And I want to tell you something, folks. If you get too excited about Jesus and this word, they'll think you were crazy. And some of your old, fo- old folks will say, I'll tell you, why do they go down there every Sunday? And why do they want to go to church? And why do they give their money? And what's wrong with them? I'll tell you, they fell in love with Jesus. That's what's wrong with them. Bless God. And he means more than the world and the flesh and the death of life. And they're enjoying the blessings of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. After two years, I went down there. I got through administration some way that day, and they assigned me to a little intern. This intern said, I'm a young doctor. I, he said, I understand you want to see Odell. I won't tell you his last name. And I said, I certainly do. He said, that's amazing. He said, we've got him in a cell block where there's 81 men. The most desperate men that you've ever seen. But said, we've had Odell in there for over seven months. And said, we took his Bible away from him, but that don't stop him. He just quotes the Bible all day. And he walks around singing, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins. And there. And said, when we get to that cell block, you won't believe it. Said, there are murderers in that block. Said, there are people in there that are vicious. Are they were vicious? But said, it's like a revival meeting in that cell. Said, that boy's done more for them than give them shock treatments. Said, that young man's done more for them than than the serum that was shot in their arms. Said, you watch, and brother, when they finally opened that big old door in that cell block, I heard a man over in the corner singing, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, that calls me from a world of terror. I saw another old fellow over there in the corner, and he was quoting, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he in turn said, you know, said that young man right yonder, standing right yonder, Said, did you know he's the one that gets the credit? About that time, old Dale stepped out and said, no, not that's wrong, Doc. He said, the one that's in my heart gets the credit. Oh, and he walked up to me, and here's what he said. He said, Mace Jackson, have you ever been through a fiery furnace? And at that time, I'd never suffered as a preacher. Tell you the truth, I've never suffered much even to today. I've never felt the bite of steel on my wrist. I've never heard the crank of a steel door in a jail like me up for preaching the Word of God. Oh, listen to me. I've had it pretty easy. And you've had it pretty easy. But old Dale looked me in the face and the tears dripping down his cheeks. And he said, you ever been through the fire maze? I said, no. He said, let me tell you something. I'm not crazy. He said, you'll never be worth anything to Jesus Christ until you go through the burning fiery furnace. Simon Peter said it this way. Think it not strange. Open fiery trials. Shall try as some strange thing that's happened. Bless God, it's just as normal. It was normal back in Daniel chapter 3. You say, what do you mean, Jackson? I mean, the Bible said that the old king made a golden image and put it out there and said, everybody's going to get down and worship that image. I'm glad that God had three 
bring in. Thank God. Say amen right there. He had Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Praise God. They said we won't bend. We won't bow. And hallelujah, don't believe we're going to burn. Say amen right there. And they threw Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in the fire, burning fiery furnace that was seven times hot. I mean, she was a scorcher. And they say, threw me the king got restless and he said, Boys, uh, I guess I better go down and check up uh, and see how many parched bones are in there. Uh, I wonder how many bones are left. Uh, and when they opened up that big uh, door to that furnace, uh, the king was astonished. Bible said he looked in there and said, Wait, 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 wait a minute. Uh, I told you to fold three men in there. Can't you count? Uh, and he said, I see four men loose. Let me stop there just a little while. Uh, thank God they wouldn't bound. I'm glad if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Hallelujah, you're not bound. Several years ago, I started a radio station down in Columbia. An old boy was standing there, had the content of his stomach uh, on his shirt. And he was standing up at the radio station door. And I said, hey, friend. And he looked at me and he said, who are you? And I had the Bible. He said, you must be a preacher. I said, yes, I'm a preacher. He said, I lost my family. He said, Preacher, I've lost my job. He said, Preacher, I've lost half my health. as a young man. But he said, look at my hands. And he couldn't hold his hands still. He said, you know what's wrong with me? He said, I'm bound. He said, I, I, I get my money when I can. And, and, and there's a fire that burns down here in my bosom. And it drives me down to the bar and the beer joint. And he said, I try to get loose, but I'm bound. Oh, he said, I'd give anything if I wasn't bound. I tried to tell him about Jesus. How Jesus could set him free. How Jesus could take the cords of sin off of him. How Jesus could take that burning fire and give him a hunger and a thirst after righteousness uh, instead of after liquor and after booze. And as I went into the radio station, uh, I was a crime and the announcer said to me, Mace, what's the matter? I said, I want to tell you, I'm free. Glory to God, I'm free. He said, what do you mean? I said, I don't have to go down to the beer joint uh, and the honky-tonk. Uh, thank God Jesus set me free. Uh, and when that king looked in that furnace, uh, he said, I see four men loose walking. Uh, and he said, the form of the fourth uh, is Light of the Son of God. Somebody said, what happened? Listen to me. Are you listening? When it's heat, they got thrown in. There was somebody waiting on them in there. Jesus showed up. Thank the Lord. In the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Thank God. Jesus. Now let me give you something. And this will go out all over America, but I want to tell you something. I've never known preachers to suffer like I've known in the last five years. I'm talking about men of God and people that stand for the Lord. Oh, I'm talking about God's men. Many of them have suffered. And I want to tell you something, mister. The fiery furnace has been hot for some. But I'm glad in the midst of that fiery furnace, there's always the fourth man that shows up. Thank God you don't have to worry about that. Jesus will be in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And what a blessing that is. Some of you heard me tell this years ago, I was in Calvary Baptist Church with Dr. Glaze. The church in Columbus, Georgia, years ago. 
I was down there and somebody said, well, how did you preach in that big church? Same way I preach in this church. Say amen. amen. I was in Charleston, West Virginia last week, and they said, Brother Mays, how you preach? I said, I preach the same way everywhere I go. I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. Say amen right there. Bless God, I got one speed, and that's overdrive. Hallelujah. And I can't, listen, I can't run on regular. I know. It takes high tests for me, honey. I want to tell you something. I like that high test. But you hear me? I was down there with Dr. Grayson. That meeting, and this little old boy in the front row, he's the smartest little guy I've ever seen. Every night after I get through preaching, he'd come and ask me a question. And I don't know much. I admit it. But that little boy come and ask me a question. First night he came up and he said, Brother Mays, I got one for you. I said, shoot it. He said, how long the prodigal son stay in that hog pen? I said, I don't know. He said, the Bible tells you. I said, no, the Bible don't. You'll find it in Luke chapter 15. He said, yes, it does. Till he got tired of the pigs and then he went home. <laughs> oh, do you know how long a man will stay in the hog pen till he gets sick of the swine? And then he'll go home. Boy, he came to me and he said, preacher, I want to ask you something else. I said, all right. Next night he said, was it raining or sunshine when God created Adam? I said, the Bible don't say. Oh, he said, yes, it does. I said, no, it don't. Let me quote it to you. I said, uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 said, the Lord God formed out of dust ground, breathed the nostril, breath of life, man became a living soul. He said, slower down. I said, all right. The Lord God formed man out of dust. He said, stop. He said, the sun must have been shining or it would have been mud. I said, please. Yeah. Smart. That's a third or fourth day. I preached on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at Calvary Baptist Church in the court, or down in Columbus, Georgia. When I got through preaching, he came up and he said, you make the same mistake every preacher makes. And I said, I did. What did I do tonight, son? He said, you do just like all other Baptist preachers. said, you got Shadrach out, Meshach out, and Abednego out of the furnace, but you left the fourth man in. said, you didn't say a word about getting the fourth man out. Why did you leave him in? I said, you wait right there, and God's going to give me the answer, bless God, before you leave here, son. And the Lord gave me the answer. I turned around, and I said, you know why I left the Lord in that furnace? Because I'm looking to get thrown in myself, and I want him to be there. Praise the Lord! Before I in. I want him to be in the burning, fiery furnace. You say, preacher, what happened? The Lord shows up, my friend, in the fiery furnace. I'll give you, that's four. Let me give you, or that's three. Let me give you five. The Lord shows up when your friends all let you down. You say, preacher, I never had that. Hold on, sir. Let me tell you something. There'll be a day when it seems like you don't have a friend in this world. Nobody understands. The deacons won't understand. Let me tell you, the choir won't understand. Your preacher friends won't understand. I'm bad. The Bible said in Proverbs 18 and verse 24, He that hath friends must first show himself friendly, for there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'm bad. There's one that's never left me. Thank God I've got a friend that understands me. I've got a friend that loves me. And a friend, the Bible says in chapter 17 of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs in verse 17, a friend loveth at all times. He'll love you when you're up. He'll love you when you're down. Oh, let me tell you something. Your friend won't run out on you. I'm glad that down the pathway of life, are you listening? I've met some good friends. 
Well, they stuck with me. And praise God for that. If you've got five real old-fashioned friends, let me tell you something, my friend. You better thank God for that. Are you listening to me? But, oh, be sure that you have the friends. Be sure you've got one that'll be there, bless God, in the time of need. You better have a friend, Mother. You'll say, I don't have a friend. Mother, you better get acquainted with the Lord Jesus Christ. Dad, you say, I don't have a friend. Dad, you better get acquainted with the Lord Jesus. You need to know Jesus. You need to know Jesus. The Bible said, Paul said, all men forsake me. And Jesus has forsaken me, having loved this present evil world. But he said, the Lord stood with me. Hallelujah. I like that. He said, there's one thing about it. Through persecutions and perils and prisons and through the deep, there was a friend that stood by my side. And you say, preach. I don't care what you'll have to go through or what I'll have to go through. I'm glad I know a friend. And brother, he'll show up when my other friends forsake me. I had a first attacked in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I don't have many friends I didn't think in Chattanooga. Brother Carlton was from Danville at that time. I had that attack and they rushed me to the hospital at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And when they rushed me to that hospital, they, they five doctors stood over me. And one of them went out and said to Brother T.D., he said, we've lost Brother Mays. And T.D. said, no, you haven't lost Brother Mays. Said we're touching heaven all over Chattanooga. Said we're not going to give up. Said God's not through with it. And doctor, he said, I've got four doctors. I'll go back in. And so they announced it on the radio in Chattanooga. And friends came. Brother Carlton was there at midnight from Danville, Virginia. He was there. And my wife had just got there. I didn't know a thing. I just looked and looked, but listen, I want to tell you, I had a friend that I understood. I had a friend that knew how to touch me. I had a friend that knew how to comfort me. I had a friend that stood with me. I had a friend that I could depend on. The Lord is my friend, and he'll show up. And then I started needing blood. In fact, they cut me in my throat, and they took me in first, put a, a tube down on my heart, pumped blood. They said, you've you got a bit of blood in your heart. And they just cut me right there just, and put a tube down my heart, started putting blood. And they got on a little radio station there. And they said, Brother Mace Jackson is in the hospital and we need blood. And when I got so that I could look up and, and knew I was in the world, you know what I found out? 165 people came to that emergency room and said, we want to give Mays blood. Some of them had never seen me, but they said, we want to be a friend. If we've got blood, he can have our blood. And oh, I said to my wife, how precious. 165 people in Chattanooga, Tennessee, came to that, that door down there and offered blood. And then my wife said, that's wonderful, but wait a minute. There was one that left heaven. Oh, said he came out. And he gave you a blood transfusion, a spirit And he gave his own precious blood. I'm glad you say, Brother Mays, when your friends forsake you, the Lord shows up. And he'll be there as a friend. Now notice the last thing, please. The Lord shows up. When you face death. Now, folks, one of these days you're going to face death. Now, you know what's blessed me in the meeting thus far? Every song, I've been blessed. I've been blessed by the good praying. I've been blessed by the good fellowship. I've been blessed by the good word of God. But I want to tell you what's blessed me. 
when I came in here Tuesday, your pastor looked at every one of you and said, we've got a friend, a man over yonder in the hospital, and he's about gone. And boy, you know the first thing we did in this meeting? Do you remember the first thing we did in this camp meeting? We gathered around this altar. And brother, we prayed, and somebody touched heaven. Oh, you say, preacher, how do you know? I know somebody touched heaven. And it's blessed when you know that when you're facing death, you've got somebody to pray for you. You've got somebody that will call heaven for you. But I'm glad the Lord will show up. Brother, when you face death, the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with. Me. And as long as Jesus goes with me, I'll not be afraid to cross the river of death. Are you listening? As long as Jesus is with me, I'll not be afraid. Now, I had these fellows as real friends of mine. I, I really loved them. Most honest fellows I ever dealt with. I've heard people criticize them because of their singing. And, but they was my friend. But tomorrow, Don Williams, or Don and Earl, will be buried. And Don would come to me and say, Mays, I'll tell you, boy, one of these days, I'm going to have to cross the river. But he said, I met one named Jesus. And last night, or night before last, Don crossed the river of death in Knoxville. They called me and said, Mays, Don has just gone to heaven. Well, you know what I said? Hallelujah. Don has crossed the river. But there was one that went with him. There was a friend. And when you face death, are you listening, my beloved? When you face death, are you listening? There's one that will be with you in the valley of the shadow death. Thank God you won't have to wear a hillbilly with you. My mother was real clannish. Brother Carlton knew her sisters. They were five sisters. They were so close. Now listen to me. So close. If one of those sisters had a toe ache, they all had to have a leg amputated. Ain't that pitiful? Say, man, that's close. I mean close. But I'll never will forget when my mother was dying. I went to the hospital and one of her sisters said, if Mays loved his mother like he ought to love her, he'd cancel that revival out. And he wouldn't go to revival tonight. He'd stay here with his dying mother. And you know what I did? I called those four sisters in. I said, come on, girls. I want you to come in the room. I leaned over mother and I said, Mother! It's the preacher. Boy, she looked up and said, Hi, Mason. I said, I want to ask you a question. I can go preach tonight or I can get somebody to go preach for me. I said, Your sisters think I'm doing you wrong. And she said, No, girls. You ain't doing me wrong. She said, I prayed for him a long time before he ever got saved. And then, she said, when he answered the call to preach, I prayed for it every day. I want to tell you something. Every night at 7.30, I don't care if my mother was in church or washing dishes or, or at home or where she was downtown, she bowed that head and said, Lord, my boy will mount that sacred destiny. Let him stand where he just should have trod. Oh, let him preach as he's never preached before. You know what my mother said that day when I stood in the room? She said, you go preach, honey. And she said, by the way, I want to tell you something, Mace. I got as much confidence in you and anybody in the world, but you can't go but so far with me. 
And if you stayed here and didn't preach tonight, my daughter, she said, you can't go but just down to the river. She said, I know one that can walk with me out of this room. Thank God, she said, I know one that'll take my hand and lead me to the promised land. She said, I know one that'll show up when I meet him in the face of death. R.G. Lee was dying in Memphis. And when he was dying, he said to his daughter, I see heaven, and I didn't do it justice. You know what I did the other day? I got this little book on heaven. I've never read such words about heaven. And old R.G. Lee told his daughter, said, I didn't do it justice. I see a pearly white heaven. And then as R.G. was dying, he said, the Lord's come to take me home. Folks, listen, praise God. When you prayed your last prayer, talked your last Sunday school, preached your last sermon, swept the last floor you'll ever sleep, had the last time of sit down at the table in your family. Let me tell you something. When you're facing death, the Lord will show up and take you across the river. Take you across. Jeremiah said, what will you do in the swelling of the joy? said, what are you going to do when you stand there in the swelling of the Jordan. What do you do when you come down to die? Let me give you this and I close. I had a friend. I don't believe in women preachers. My wife had to preach a funeral yesterday. I called her and I had a printer in Atlanta. One of the best printers I've ever had. His name was Boots. And I talked to Boots two weeks ago and I sat down for an hour. He said, Brother Mace, my daddy was a judge. And he said, I want to tell you, my brother's one of the best doctors at Emory University. I said, I don't care about that, Booth. I said, you're the best printer I've ever seen in my life. But I want to ask you something, Booth. Do you know Jesus Christ? Are you sure you're saved? He said, oh, I was confirmed and gave me all of that. You know what? I said, is that right, Booth? I said, what are you going to do when you start to he said, there you go, trying to scare me. I said, no, Bruce, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And before I left him, you know what I told him? I said, Bruce, when I start to die, I'm going to take that old book I preached out of and kiss it. And I said, Bruce, when I start down the river of death, Jesus will be with me. I prayed that Bruce went out and they found him dead. His boy called me from, got in from Brazil and said, Boots thought more of you, Maze, more white than anybody in the world. Can you come and preach his funeral? Wednesday, I said, no, I can't leave the meeting. I love Boots, but I can't do it. He said, we're cremating. I said, out of respect, I said, my wife. My wife got to the grave yesterday. They didn't have a preacher. And have nobody. My, they said, Miss Jackson, he loved you and Brother Mays. Would you just say a word? She said, I'll say a word and pray. And I said, what do you say, Don? She said, I just prayed and told him how to be saved. I told him that Jesus died and that Jesus arose from the dead. And the only hope was the blood of Jesus. The only hope was the blood of Jesus. Or when you come down to the river of death and face death, the only one. And you listen to me. When you come down to die. I called my wife last night. She said, Maze, I just standing there. Just paying a little respect. And they called on me and the undertaker said, they want you to say something. She said, I'm not preaching. So they know it, but said, he fought so much of you and Brother Mays. Would you just say a word? She said, I'll testify. And she said, I, 
I couldn't think of the 23rd Psalm right. And she said, now I can quote it front, I can quote it backward, but I couldn't think of it. So I prayed, amazed when they took that little black box, she said, about ten inches deep. And I saw them put it in that little hole and cover it up with their hands. She said, I walked away and cried. I said, Boots didn't know the Lord. When he came to the river of death and he faced death, he didn't know the Lord. Now listen to me. I've carried much to him. I've stood in his office and talked to him many times. I never thought. I knew he had cancer. I knew he was eating up with cancer. But I didn't think he'd face death till I got back someday. And yesterday, they put him in a little box, about 10 inches deep, black box, my wife said, and put him in a hole. My wife said, I went to the car and I cried. I cried. To face death with nobody there. Jesus will show up if you know him when you come to face the hour of death. Every head by the right, goes on.